The world needs you to stop being boring. Yeah, you. Boring is easy. Everybody can be boring, but you're gooder than that. Life is not a game, people. Life isn't a cereal either. Well, it is a cereal. And if life is a game, aren't we all on the same team? I mean, really, right? I'm on your team. Be on my team. This is life, people. You got air coming through your nose. You got heartbeat. That means it's time to do something. A poem. Two roads diverged in the woods, and I took the road less traveled. It hurt, man. Really bad. Rocks, thorns, and glass. My pants broke. Wah! Not cool, Robert Frost. But what if there really were two paths? I won't be in the one that leads to awesome. It's like that dude Journey said. Don't stop believing, unless your dreams stupid. Then you should get a better dream. I think that's how it goes. Get a better dream and keep going, keep going, keep going, and keep going. Will Michael Jordan have quit? Well, he did quit. So he retired. Yeah, that's he retired. But before that, in high school. What if he quit when he didn't make the team? He would have never made Space Jam, and I love Space Jam. What will be your Space Jam? What will you create will make the world awesome? Nothing if you keep sitting there. That's why I'm talking to you today. This is your time. This is my time. It's our time. We can make every day better for each other. If we're all on the same team, let's start acting like it. We got work to do. We can cry about it, or we can dance about it. We were made to be awesome. Let's get out there. I don't know everything. I'm just a kid, but I do know this: it's everybody's duty to give the world a reason to dance. So get to it. You've just been pet talked. Create something that will make the world awesome. Here's the deal to me. I've never seen anyone who was able to achieve a big dream without responsibility. So today I want to bring a message on its time for responsibility. Let's start with a question. Put this in your mind. Put this in your heart. Write it down somewhere. Here it is. Am I taking responsibility for my life? Now, irresponsibility is much easier for me to see in others than myself. When I look in the mirror of my own life, it's not as obvious as I just look at what's reflecting from your life. But we need to see it if indeed it's there. There's something that is happening in our culture right now, and it's quite interesting. And it's this, it's becoming less and less a culture of responsibility. To the point that irresponsibility is celebrated. I read this recently and I want to pass it on to you. Here it is. We have civil rights as citizens that has a new twist to it and it goes like this. I have the right to be irresponsible, but you don't have the right to hold me accountable for my irresponsibility. But you are responsible to clean up the mess that I make with my irresponsibility and to pay the bill. I'll read that again. I have the right to be irresponsible, 
but you don't have the right to hold me accountable for my irresponsibility, but you are responsible to clean up the mess and pay the bill of my irresponsibility. I would just sum it up like this. Irresponsibility has to be cleaned up by somebody. I know a parent that took this action, and I'm not putting it out there as one you should do, but I'm not uh, also in disagreement with it. Uh, This dad, if his son or daughter, like, left the towel in their bedroom, he would go up to their bedroom, he would see the towel, and he would call the son in and say, you see the towel? And the son would go, oh, yes. And, you know, the son would go to pick it up, and he'd say, no, 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 don't, don't, don't pick it up. I'm going to go downstairs. You know how long it takes for me to get there. You call my name. And I'm going to come up the stairs, and when I come in this room, you say, Dad, pick up my towel. And, of course, the son said, no, Dad, I'll pick, no, 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 this is what we're going to do. So the dad would go downstairs, and he would come up, go through the drill, come in another day, find it, towel, and he says, okay, here's what we're going to do today. See the towel? Yes, sorry, Dad, sorry, Dad, I'll pick it up. No, no, no. Call your mom. She's here in the house, call her, call her up here, and when she comes into the room, say, Mom, that's my towel, I need you to pick it up. And of course, the point that the parent was trying to communicate through those actions were that somebody has to clean up irresponsibility. Somebody has to take responsibility for it. In other words, if I shirk responsibility, then I am by nature, listen to this, asking someone else to take care of it. Irresponsibility, therefore, is not neutral. It's corporate. If there is irresponsibility in you and you exist in a family, then that irresponsibility is affecting your family. It will affect where you work because irresponsibility isn't neutral. Now, now back to the lead-in. If you want to be awesome, if you want to find what it is that God has called you to do and live in the fullness of that purpose, then you can't be awesome and irresponsible at the same time. So it's time for responsibility. Where did... Irresponsibility start because we all battle this in some area of life. Where did it start? That takes us back to the first book of the Bible, and I want you to turn there with me, please. Genesis chapter 1, and I want you to focus with me on verse 27. And here's what God's Word says. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blesses them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. And, and you can continue your reading. I'll stop there. But even in verse 29, he's talking about how he's given them every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth. 
and all of the fruit trees. And the whole essence of it is he gave them responsibility. And when people are responsible, there don't have to be a lot of rules. Adam and Eve only had one rule, but they had a lot of responsibility. But when there's responsibility, you don't have to have a long list of rules. There are no Ten Commandments at this point. All of that will come later. What we see from the very beginning is God's focus on His people being responsible. Now, let's see how it goes. And uh, before I get there, I would like to make this statement. I really believe by studying life, meaning studying people, studying myself, I believe this, that we're happiest when we're responsible. We're happiest when we are responsible. Responsibility isn't always easy, but we're happiest when we are responsible. When we're irresponsible with our money, irresponsible with our time, our purpose, our family, whatever you would put in in the list, when we're irresponsible, it creates a disdain. It creates a discouragement. But when we are responsible is when we are happiest. Why is that? Because it's how we're created. And you see it from the very beginning. Now, how did it go for Adam and Eve? You know the story. They are tempted. They break the one rule of eating from the one tree that they were forbidden to eat its fruit. And as a result, they hide. And God comes walking in the garden. And he calls out to them. And so, you know, they, they come out and here's the conversation. Uh, God says, you know... Have you eaten from the fruit of that tree? Notice God is holding them accountable because anybody who is to be responsible is therefore accountable. And in our culture, we have this new twist on the rights of being an American means. The new twist on it is I can be irresponsible, but you can't hold me accountable For my irresponsibility. However, you are responsible to clean up the mess of my irresponsibility and pay the bill. Here, God from the beginning is showing that we are to be responsible, and now He's holding them accountable. He's saying, Did you eat from the fruit of this tree? And so I want to know how they're going to respond. And this is in chapter 3, verse 12. Here's what Adam says Adam replied, Yes, I did, God, and I take full responsibility for my actions. Please don't hold Eve responsible. It was my fault as the leader of our relationship. I hear a few of you kind of making responses like, I don't know that I remember it being uh, that way. Here is what he said. Check out his reaction. The man replied, It was the woman... You gave me, as if to say, I didn't want her in the first place. She's your idea, and now look what she's gotten me into. I was doing just fine, lonely on occasion, but I was doing just fine. I didn't ask for her. Now look what she's done. 
God, here's the deal. Yes, I ate from the tree, but it's your fault, God, and it's her fault. Now, think about most conflict in life. See if in some way it doesn't trace back to somebody being irresponsible. And we see that irresponsibility creates conflict. And the first reaction from the lower nature is not to accept responsibility, but to shift the blame, which then only increases the conflict. I wonder what would have happened if Adam had said, God, it's on me. I did eat of the fruit. And it's on me. No, he... He refuses to be held accountable. He shifts the blame to God and to Eve. Now, let's see what Eve has to say in the situation. Here's verse 13. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? Notice she says, the serpent deceived me. So now Eve is saying, hey, it's not my fault either. You got... Adam blaming Eve and Eve blaming the devil, saying, you know, the devil's the whole reason I ate it. So, nobody's taking responsibility for their irresponsibility. They're not wanting to be accountable for the responsibility that was given to them. Now, come back to present culture. The new twist is we celebrate irresponsibility. And when someone's irresponsible, they then say, you can't hold me accountable for it, but I need you to clean up the mess that I've made as a result of it. IRS scandal. Benghazi scandal. List any conflict. Nobody wants to accept responsibility. Blame is shifted. We create a story We try to hang it on someone else, and we think, you know, why is that happening? Because it's been happening since Genesis chapter number 3. And it still happens today. Now here, I want to come back to the premise of my message. There's nobody that I've ever studied, met, who has achieved their God-given dream while at the same time live a life of irresponsibility. And with irresponsibilities being now woven into the fabric of culture and even celebrated, I think it is a timely message to say it's time for responsibility. Because nobody gets from where they are to where God wants them to be without accepting responsibility. In all of the commencement addresses that are being given as graduates walk the line, many of them contain, and as they should, the idea, the possibility of future vision, embracing it, engaging it, talking about how they will shape the world, how they can and are on a pursuit of making the world a better place. 
taking their experiences and their education and now deploying it in such a way that they add value to society. None of that can happen without personal responsibility. So, let me break it down in in an even more practical way. A few weeks back, I stated the stronger vision and the five key areas. And I gave to everybody one of these bracelets, and it has the word stronger on it, and I list five keys. If I want in this first key, which is faith, I want my walk with Jesus to be greater, to be stronger. Then I have to take personal responsibility for that desire. And as I draw near to God, the book of James says, God will draw near to me. But there's no getting stronger apart from personal responsibility. The next key is family, and it means key relationships. I want relational health. I want relational success. I want relational progress. And let me say, I've never met a person who's achieved a great dream who didn't have an awareness of the importance of relationship and learn to relate to other people uh, with success. So if I want my relationships to strengthen, it will not happen apart from personal responsibility. Let me keep going. My finances. How can my finances improve unless I take personal responsibility? See, we live in a culture where you even see this in the church world. Just pray over your finances. And it's not to undermine the importance of prayer over your finances, but we are hearing that now just pray over it and checks will show up in the mailbox. Debts will suddenly get paid. A budget will suddenly appear before you. And if you work that, no, no, no. You pray and then God empowers personal responsibility to figure out where you are and how to get where you are going. So there's no financial strength happening in my life apart from personal responsibility. Let's keep going. The next one is fitness. No, I... I can sue McDonald's. I I can say they're putting stuff in food that just makes me want more of it. And if they they wouldn't do that, see, that's that's what irresponsibility does. It shifts blame. I'm the way I am because of outside influences. and, And if it wasn't for those, then I wouldn't be the person that I am. You see, that's Genesis 3 happening all over again. It is called personal responsibility if I want to see any advancement or strength. Elementary, isn't it? But check your life. Check your walk with Jesus. If you ask people, did, how, how's your prayer life? Praying every day? Well, not every day. Why? Well, you know, I'm busy. Boom. Excuse. If I wasn't so busy, I would pray. How's it going in your relationships? Well, they could be better, but... I'm busy. We could go down the line. See, it, check, check this in your heart. And then future, which deals with my purpose. The reason I'm, I'm here. God created me. What did he create me to be and to do? And so I take personal.
personal responsibility so that in my calling and vocation, there is advancement. I'm not going to blame a boss. I'm not going to blame, you know, people I don't even know. I'm not even going to blame the economy. All of those are factors. All of those are considerable and they're real. But they can be navigated as I take personal responsibility. One reason I wear this is because I see it every day. And I'm reminded every single day that God stands poised by the promise of his word that as are my days, so shall my strength be. Which means that before this day came, God set it up to bring an allotment of strength that would adapt to the need of the day. But the way I press into that provision is by taking personal responsibility of prayer, of a godly pursuit of these key areas of my life, and I watch how God will encourage, empower what I could never do on just my own sheer effort of responsibility. God gets involved with a heart of surrender and responsibility and makes things happen that otherwise would never happen. Let me ask you again the question. Here's the question. Am I taking responsibility for my life? All right. I think that one of the things that we do in counseling is helpful here. And let, let me show you what I'm talking about. Let me ask for the, the pie chart to be put on the screen. So let's, let's put it in the context of marital counseling. Someone calls and says, can I, can I meet with you? My marriage is struggling. And so they don't both come in. That, that takes a while to get them both in the office. But the first, you know, let, I'm not even going to say, you know, husband or wife. Let's just say one of the two, they come in. And you say, what's going on? And what's, what's the story? And they tell you the story. And you see all of the blue. That's the other person's chaos. That's everything that the other person's doing. And if they just wouldn't do all of that, then things could be different. But here's, here's a question in a counseling setting. What is your piece of the pie? What of the story is not the way it should be and it's because of you and your actions? And let's say that's represented by the red. Every time in 24 years of counseling where I've said, okay, we've identified your piece. Let's talk about that. The hardest thing in that session is to change the conversation from the blue to the red. Because their position is this. If the blue wasn't happening, there wouldn't be any red. Does that sound like Genesis 3? So that the effort is, are you willing to take responsibility for your piece of the pie? If there's any area that is struggling, it's not all on you. 
And I'm not asking you to take responsibility for all of it. The question is, will you take responsibility for your piece of the pie? It's a good question. A question that we can take with us and allow it to challenge us. Let me tell you about Tim. Tim was one of five children in a great family. But when Tim was just a little boy, his dad was in a car wreck, hit by a drunk driver, and Tim's father passed away. Tim didn't manage that very well, and there was some pent-up anger over time and over the years. And when Tim became a young adult, Tim started making some really bad decisions. Until ultimately Tim was arrested for having in his possession a considerable amount of cocaine and even being convicted of not only possessing but distributing drugs. Because of Tim's drug use and distribution of drugs, Tim was sentenced to prison. And Tim in prison was still a man with a lot of anger. He didn't like the way life had turned out, and he was dealing with a lot of issues in his thinking. But finally the day came, and, and, and this is what Tim says. He said, I finally looked in the mirror, and I took responsibility for the man in the mirror. He said, I could see the irresponsibility of everyone else in the story of my life. But I finally had to look in the mirror and take responsibility for me. Tim was an extraordinary talented man, but the talent could never really have its full influence because the irresponsibility always undermined the talent. Thus, the premise that I've been saying throughout the message You know, you really can't be awesome and irresponsible. And that's what Tim realized, that even though he was multi-talented, very gifted, he wasn't realizing the success of that kind of talent because of the irresponsibility. So he owned it. He talks very, very graphically about the day that he finally took responsibility for his life. And when he took responsibility, let's use our analogy that's on the screen, when he, when he quit looking at all of the chaos that others had caused and just owned his piece of the pie, life started to turn around. Ultimately, he was paroled out of prison. He started applying hard work and his talent And I'll just speed up the story and tell you that that Tim is the voice of Buzz Lightyear. I'm talking about Tim Allen, who was one of the stars of Home Improvement. And you probably know this, but Home Improvement was the show he created. It's not a show that he was asked to just be a lead actor. No, he created the idea. He created the whole concept. 
and thus as a result was making $1.2 million per episode. He has gone on to be a five-time Golden Globe Award winner. He's named among the Disney legends for his work in Toy Story. He has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Listen, this was a guy who was sitting in prison, mad at the world. A lot of conflict in his life, making horrible choices. But he said the turning point was when he took personal responsibility. So as you read his biography, you can just see it clearly that he realized it was time for responsibility. His piece of the pie, and the rest is history. How about you? Where are you today? What's the story of your life? What is your responsibility in it? Will you take responsibility? And on this day where we're talking about graduates, you see that it has application to all of us. This is a message that is no respecter of age. All of us are included in this. It has convicted me every moment of the preparation because there are so many areas where I need to take more responsibility. How about you? See, the message today is this. If you're willing to take responsibility for your life, God will empower you for that that desire, and he will bless you. The future belongs to the responsible. Here's the thing about irresponsibility. If a person has received anything, let's say they get their way, they're irresponsible. Mom comes behind them, dad comes behind them, and does everything for them. Here's the deal. That person's still not happy. If in this culture a person says, hey, I... I'm not going to be held accountable for my irresponsibility. Matter of fact, I'm going to celebrate it and other people are going to pay for it. I want to tell you, that person's still not happy. They may be working their irresponsibility, but they're not fulfilled. Why? Because the way God has made us, we're at our happiest when we are responsible. So that nagging empty, vacant misery that's on the inside is very real and it doesn't leave until personal responsibility is taken see it's amazing that God allows me into the process of what my future will look like it's called seed, time and harvest I'm going to make choices today and if they're choices that are responsible the harvest that comes up on responsible choices is a harvest of rejoicing if I sow the seed of irresponsibility the harvest on that is regret so the future that is before me lies like an empty field and And you, the farmer of your future, get to go out and plant the seed and then live within 
the harvest off of the seed you planted. And God's given that law. He's given that law to saved people. And it's a law that is at work in the unsaved. And if you work that law with responsibility, then you move into the preferred future. And so my challenge to all of us today is just to assess life, faith, relationships, finances, physical fitness, my sense of calling and vocational clarity, and ask, where could I assume more responsibility in those areas, thus positioning myself for God to bless that seed of responsible choice making so that the harvest is way beyond anything I could ever imagine. Let me pray with you today. Lord, help us. We feel conviction not to be condemned, but to be changed if we will allow it. Today, we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to now build from this point of conviction to transformation as we take personal responsibility. Activities that need to be added and activities that need to be taken away. A thought process that is hurtful and damaging and needs to be ended and the right way of thinking cultivated. Stewardship of life. With your eyes closed, I want you to know that God has gifted you. It's the biblical truth seen in the parable of the talents. You all have been gifted with life, with energy, with a mind, with experiences, education, and all that comes together to fashion you to rise up to the calling of God on your life. And the one who has invested in you the personality, the gift mix, the skill set is also the Lord of the settled account. Meaning one day you'll stand before him and you will be held accountable for the life he gave you. You won't be held accountable for what you couldn't control. You won't be held accountable for gifts you don't have. You will just be held accountable with what God has given you. Will you take responsibility for your life? For your life. And if there's a part of your life that is not favorable, maybe very difficult, consider Joseph. Consider all of the people of Scripture that are are famous, if you will, and see that in all of them there were seasons that were very, very tough filled with suffering, filled with questions, filled with uncertainty, filled with inequity. And yet, they kept taking responsibility for their piece of the pie. How about you? How about me? The word of the Lord is it's time for responsibility.
So, Lord, we receive it. You're showing us where we need it. And, Lord, if personally we own it, then corporately we're going to be blessed as never before because responsibility isn't neutral. It has an effect on those around us. And so I just praise you for all of the great things that will happen as we are the responsible people that you have created us to be. I praise you for the preferred future. I praise you for that future that is on the way. Stronger faith, stronger relationships, stronger finance. Lord, I praise you for that. Healthier, more vocationally successful because we are owning where we are and you will honor and bless that. I just praise you.